Hello, my name is Denny Bergaker, and uh, today we are going to be looking at Matthew 22, verses 1 through 22. Jesus told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven may be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fatted cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guest he invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. He said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. So now go, go out into the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, the good and the bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and his feet and throw him out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then we have another story called the taxes for Caesar, starting in verse 15. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples along with the followers of Herod to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me a coin used for the tax. And they handed him a Roman coin. And he asked whose picture and title is stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. So I'm going to break this passage into three different parts and see what God is trying to tell us in each one of those. The first part is verses 1 through 10, and I'm going to call that the invitation. So what do we learn about the nature of God in this parable? I believe he is showing us one element of his character. He is a very patient God. The king, who represents God, sent out multiple invitations to the wedding dinner. He sent out his servants multiple times to let the people know the feast was ready. God wants everyone to come to the feast of salvation through his son, and he is being very patient with everyone, not wanting anyone to miss the great things in store for those who come. He provides mankind with many opportunities to accept this gift of salvation. But if you're like me, you've accepted that gift uh, many years ago. 
so how, how does this story relate to me? Who are you and I in this story? I think that we are, each one of us are the king's messengers. We are sent out by God to share his invitation for a relationship with him through Jesus. Maybe you did this and were ignored or rejected or insulted. The king did not blame his messengers for the rejection of the invitation. Once the messengers delivered the message, the responsibility to accept or reject the invitation now was up to the person given the invitation. God does not blame you when you share the invitation and are rejected or insulted. You carried out the assigned task and will be rewarded for your obedience, not judged by the outcome. If a messenger does not deliver the invitation, they will be required to answer to God for their failure to respond. This holds true for us today as well. As God's messengers, we have the responsibility to deliver the invitation that God has extended to everyone, the invitation to accept his son Jesus as their personal Savior. In this story, the king didn't want to waste the feast that he so diligently prepared, so he had his servants go out again and again, this time to invite everyone to come to the feast who wasn't originally invited. They were told to bring everyone, those deemed to be good and those deemed to be bad. The messengers here didn't remind the king of the past times they went out and rejected, and even some of them were killed, but instead they responded to what the king asked them to do. This time they had a significant positive response. What would have happened if they didn't bring the invitation to everyone? The invitation to God's wedding feast today is also open to everyone, not because we are worthy, not because people are worthy, but because God is so gracious. We are God's messengers with the task of bringing that invitation to everyone. Although we may be disappointed when that invitation is not accepted, we must be faithful and respond, and then we must leave it up to God to deal with that person who declines and rejoice when that invitation is accepted. The next part, which is verses 11 through 14, um, can be confusing. Here we see the king who invited everyone, including those who were poor, and didn't have the appropriate clothes. So why was the king so angry when he saw that one of the guests wasn't properly dressed? You can understand this, and it becomes more clear when you hear that in those days, when you came to a wedding feast, you were given the appropriate clothes to wear. The man who the king was so angry with had accepted the invitation to come, but refused to take the next step and put on the proper clothes given to him for the wedding. His punishment was the same as the initial guest who refused to come. The message here is that Jesus not only invites people into a relationship with him, which they must accept, but he also wants them to remove the filthy clothes of their old sinful nature and put on a new, the new clothes of righteousness which he provides. We must accept that invitation, but we also must change from our old life to our new life in him. God not only invites us to a relationship with him, but he gives us the Holy Spirit who helps us change from our former life to a new life he calls us to live as followers of Jesus. Now we're going to switch gears to a completely different story, and this is the um, 
story about the religious leaders asking the question. This story deals with paying taxes. This may be fresh on our minds this time of year as you're having your taxes prepared. You may be feeling like, why do I have to pay all these taxes to be used by leaders I don't respect and spent on things I don't approve of? In this story, we see religious leaders and political leaders. They both hated each other and both hated Jesus. Their hatred of Jesus was so strong that they came together and conspired to trap Jesus. They asked him about paying taxes to Caesar. They thought if Jesus said, no, you don't have to pay taxes, that he'd be in trouble with the supporters of Herod. He, he said, if he said, you have to pay taxes, then the religious leaders would have a problem with Jesus because they hated the Roman government who had imposed those taxes. They thought that they had come up with a perfect question. Jesus gave them an answer which not only diffused their plan, but also is relevant for us today. He told them that they were citizens of two kingdoms. They and we today are citizens of a country here on earth, but also citizens of the kingdom of God. And although their ultimate responsibility was to the kingdom of God while they're here on earth, they also had the responsibility to the leaders which God had placed over them. In the highly politicized environment we live today, this is not an easy pill for us to swallow. We see so much that we don't like, and which we feel may be even contrary to what God wants. How do we deal with that in a God-honoring way? It's not easy. We must, however, keep in mind that God has put those leaders here on earth in the positions of authority over us, and he will hold them accountable for how they handle the responsibility that has been given to them. I think the most significant thing I, that I see here is the use of the image of the coin. The coin bore Caesar's image and therefore belonged to him and meant there was responsibilities to him. More importantly is that we have been created in the image of God and we bear his image. We may be required to pay taxes and obey our earthly leaders even when we don't think they deserve it. The image of God on us definitely requires us to give him all of what we have and all of who we are because of the price that he has paid for our salvation. He has stamped his image on us and we are his. As we get closer to the events of Easter, let's all remember the great price paid for us to have God's image on us. Because of that sacrifice, we must give every aspect of our lives to Jesus because he has earned it and because we love him. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you that you have placed your image on us. We belong to you and we owe our lives to you and desire to let everyone know that we belong to you. Father, as your messengers, help us to not grow weary or lax in bringing the invitation of eternal life through your Son, Jesus, to everyone we meet. Help us to throw off the sin of our old selves and put on the robes of righteousness made available to us with the help of the Holy Spirit. Father, use this passage today to draw us closer to you and to be more like you, reflecting your image in all that we do today. Amen.